Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. This is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today we have Sultan on from Beamery, but we're going to be talking about a product that they just launched called Talent GPT by Beamery. So uh, why don't we just jump right into introductions. Salt, would you do us a favor and let's do two introductions. Let's do an introduction of yourself, but let's also talk about Talent GPT and Beamery. Of course. So I, uh, I'm Sultan. I am one of the co-founders of Beamery. We've uh, been building Beamery for nine years now. And what we focused on from the beginning of building Beamery is creating people-centric technology. You know, HR talent systems tend to be very process-centric. And in being people-centric, you have the opportunity to focus on the kinds of experiences and solutions that allow companies to hire people based on potential, develop people based on potential. And what we've announced with Talent GPT is something we've been working on for about four and a bit years now, which is a set of AI capabilities that allow us to serve every stakeholder, whether you're an employee or a manager, with a new form of assistance. Right. And what GPT is, is our own set of AI models. In 2018, we started working with the first generation of the new large language models right uh, at, at the time we actually started working w- with um the uh large language model by google called bert right right and over the last four years we've essentially created our own fine-tuned large language models that really focus on the domain of companies jobs skills organizations industries and allow us to use ai to understand what does a job title mean in a particular company? Right. How do we help people figure out what skills they need to develop to apply for a certain role or to, um, uh, to develop themselves? Um, and that technology and that AI that we've built over the years to, uh, to do those insights, we, we often refer to those as inferences, how can we infer what's relevant to you, um, is now embedded in these you know, new experiences, conversational experiences, uh, assisted experiences and so forth. You know what I love about this is one of the challenges of of the large language models is that they can give you gen- they can give you information in general, which is great. They can kind of do that, but you, what you solve for, which I think is super interesting, is how you can get personalization at scale. So within mm-hmm. that country, within that excuse me, company, within that team, within that job. It can be be contextualized, which I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure that wasn't easy. Um, but but how do let's give the the audience of uh, some kind of ways that they would use this. So we'll just kind of break down, kind of okay. Let's say you're doing this. This is how you would use Talent GPT. Yeah. So it, we'll we'll go through a couple of 
scenarios. Yeah. We'll start with, I guess, the, the highest volume scenario if, you, if you're a candidate or if you're a job seeker. Traditionally, you know, your experience as a consumer is uh, already night and day better than most applicant for candidate <laughs> experiences. Um, you know, yeah. we're, we're used to a sort of very low friction, recommend, you know, recommend me a film through Netflix and give me a route map through Google sort of experience as a consumer. Now, Talent GPT um, provides some equivalence in the context of being a candidate, but it's more than just uh, you now have a better careers website if you're applying for a job. It's contextual guidance. So, for example, if you've started applying to a company, one of the things that um, Talent GPT does, and this is an extension of something we've been doing for the last couple of years in our AI models, we help you consider jobs that you otherwise may not have applied for. Right. A lot of this is actually to drive inclusion. So, you know, a lot of people might, especially people from underrepresented backgrounds, and often um, also this is gender based, will not have the confidence to apply for roles based on traditional job descriptions and the experiences required. And if you help um, analyze people's backgrounds to suggest, hey, here's some things that you might have as skills and therefore that might make you able to do some of these roles in different departments. We essentially analyze based on your background, your resume, what does this make you likely a fit for within this particular company? Because each company oh, cool. means very different things yeah, yeah, yeah. with different yeah. jobs. Right. So so it might be that you know you have a background in, let's say, data science and you'd never have considered applying to um, a role in um, accounting, but suddenly there's some very interesting roles in accounting that are actually primarily about data science rather than what it used to be. Right. Um, you know, you have new roles like prompt writers um, fitting to this conversation, but there's there's certain backgrounds that um, make that uh, a role that you might be more likely to be good at. You know, people with creative backgrounds and so on. Um, there's lots of niche roles that have appeared over the last year, like blockchain engineers. And we can see that people from certain backgrounds might find it easier to train into those roles. So as a candidate, you, we give these recommendations around, hey, you know, here's paths that you might want to consider in any company you look at. But we also show you um, re uh, potential content that may be relevant um, about that company in the context of what you're looking for. You know, content about a company's policies, programs, approach to diversity can be spread across a lot of different places. <laughs> and usually um, are, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you, and you can um, contextually bring that to someone, not generate any new content. You're not sort of uh, imagining something new about the company. That's you know something a company can choose to use these tools for. But the stuff that a company's already got out there about themselves, you can make it easier for candidates to find this stuff and, um, and to bring it up even in conversational interfaces. Now, if you take that sort of mindset of, you know, I'm a candidate further, let's say you've become an employee at a company, we can go even deeper in terms of this sort of journey map or right, take right. it as a sort of career. Yes. Well, it's, um, it's interesting because it's like you look, you're re you're reimagining internal mobility where it's, it's push pull right now. We have to put out a job post and then people then self identify and then apply for it, et cetera. Whereas what you're talking about, it seems like it could tap people on the shoulder and say, Hey, you, your experience says that you'd probably pretty, be pretty good at this if you if you're interested. Yeah, that's that's spot on, and I think it's oh. um, it's also not just about full time jobs, but right, about right, right. development. You know, the, going back to kind of what uh, what I said about when we, why we started the company to try and create inclusion and people centricity. A lot of experiences 
both when you're applying for a job and when you're an employer, very transactional. You know, you have like a performance review, whether it's once a year or otherwise, and then you might have a job that you apply for. But we are living in a world where it is possible to encourage continuous self-development, whether it's by helping you find colleagues who you can learn from, whether it's mentors or buddies that you can develop skills with and help you have continuous insights into, hey, if you want to try something out, whether it's a company that might have projects or gigs or opportunities that you can explore, how do you connect somebody to that window of opportunities in a way that is exploratory? So for example, if you imagine, you know, you're using Google Maps, you can say, I want to get to this destination and it can give you choices. Do you want to ride a bike? Do you want to go on a bus? Like what happens if there's rain? There's equivalent exploration that you can give people just by providing transparency. You don't need to create a new process. You can say, hey, you want to become a product manager. Here's people in your team you've done who've done that. That's just data that exists and sort of buried away. Um, but we can bring that to the surface and help somebody browse. Hey, here's some colleagues you can speak to who've been on this journey. And it's amazing because what we found from, you know, we've been doing this, this type of AI career pathing technology for years. This talent GPT piece is an extension um, that is uh, more conversational of things that we've we've been doing for, for some time. But what we found is, you know, transparency is one of the biggest drivers of retention, particularly for people, you know, from underrepresented backgrounds, because often the reason people leave is not because there aren't any colleagues they could talk to is because it's not visible to them. They don't know somebody like them who's been through that journey or they don't know what roles they might want to consider unless their manager tells them, hey, this is a role that you might have the skills for. Right, right. So empowering people to do that can, can have a big impact. So dumb question alert. Um, can folks just buy talent GPT by often by themselves or is it a part of uh beamery and like they're you know, you know thousands of clients is it a part of the beamery experience and this is an added bonus of just being a beamery client or do they have to or can they buy it by the, off to themselves yeah it's a, it's a great question um today it's a benefit of being a beamery customer and a beamery right. experience and you are a beamery customer um you know these experiences can be embedded in what you offer your candidates your employees your recruiters your managers um but it's an interesting question because you know, we the the technology behind Talent GPT, our fine-tuned large language models. You know, we now have um, APIs that help uh, some of our partners identify skills for jobs and use this in their own products. Um, so I think over time, it may be that we start offering this as you know direct experiences, um, both for candidates and for partners and other people we work with. Today, this is essentially an embedded benefit. Uh, and the talent GPT offering is embedded for every stakeholder. You know, we started with candidates and employees so far. You know, there's equivalent things we do for managers to help them figure out, do right. I actually open this job? Do I look internally? It's this uh, assisted experience that uses our, you know, carefully trained and biased audited models in, in in different circumstances. But but yeah, you'd have to be a BMO customer today to use them. Right, right. So how do you, you know, some of this is, okay, I don't know what I don't know. When, when you're a BMO client, you're rolling this out. How do you onboard them or how do you see the onboarding experience to this in particular? Because some things within Beamery are just, they're just super simple. Like there's, it's just self-evident. You can do this and just mm-hmm. click, click, click and it's done. I could see this mm-hmm. one needing a little bit, a, a bit more explanation on how they could use it to their betterment. Certainly. So how do you, how do you see that playing out over the next couple of, of months? You know, this is something that we've, 
spent a lot of time testing over the years. So a couple of years ago, you know, unsurprisingly, we use our, our own recruiting candidate processes. <laughs> I would be angry if you didn't, but yeah, fair, fair. Yeah. Um, so, so a couple of years ago, we we started some experiments, you know, even in candidate experience, like what actually um, creates better outcomes, more inclusion, more engagement. And one of the things that is risky is the extent to which something conversational might be taken at face value as opposed to something that is non-conversational. Right. For example, if you tell somebody, hey, you know, here's some jobs at the company and here's how uh, how many of these jobs have like relevant skills to you and you sort of have insights about jobs, you're just helping someone browse better. It's a little bit like, you know, right. if you're uh, on Netflix and we flag like recent films versus recommended films and how to tell you why they're recommended. It's different when you suddenly have a, you know, a piece of text tell you, hey, look at this job. You know, I think as human beings, inherently, we we've evolved to be conversational, you know, storytelling um, uh, thinkers. And the way that that kind of information is consumed can make people jump to conclusions, even if that's not what, you know, piece of text intended. So things that we've um, been careful about is where do these things become safely embedded in other visual products where there's not actually any sort of conversation or chat. For, in, for example, you know, if you're a customer of ours and you connect a learning management system, which is you know where people do their training content, we use some of um, these new technologies to help extract and understand learning courses and say, well, if we're going to recommend a learning course to someone when they're trying to figure out what job to do, it helps to understand better the learning course and be able to sort of map it to different career paths. So that kind of stuff can be, you know, in the background invisible, everyone just gets it because from your perspective, all that's happened is you've just been recommended some learning courses and clearly some technologies doing that and bringing them out of a different system and showing them to you. Um, And so that kind of stuff is very natural. You know, you're already browsing this stuff. Suddenly the browsing just got a little bit better. Um, when it comes to new experiences, like suddenly there's an assistant um, in an experience that you've been using before, what we've been careful about is how, how does the assistant get shown up and how do we avoid introducing some kind of you know biased decision-making in how you're, you're using that assistant? So for example, we only use very carefully audited and long-tested models for anything that involves a recommendation. We don't suddenly sort of use text to tell you a recommendation or use a model like, you know, chat GPT or something like that. Right. Um, so, so in the process of, you know, figuring out how do we roll this stuff out, one of the things we've done is made a lot of the new conversational pieces op- both optional and something we spend a bunch of time testing. Not, not testing just to figure out, you know, what is the impact, but how does it compare in terms of what does it allow a person to do that they haven't done before? Because it's not just a question of you ask the same question, you get a slightly different experience. You know, if you're a manager trying to figure out, do I open a job and you're using a you know traditional product or interface, you'd probably start by just clicking on open job and just going through that motion. Whereas if in that process, rather than having a screen with a bunch of menus and something you click on, right. you ask, you, you, let someone ask, hey, can you help me open this job? And in response, you don't actually help. You say, well, before you do, here's some people in your team that you might want to talk to mm-hmm. or consider developing. That becomes a whole new thing, right? Um, and and we have the option of helping people th- think about 
uh, you know, scenarios that wouldn't have necessarily come to mind. Right. Like here's some people you can train or do this um, or consider this, um, which I think, you know, we, we, we want to be thoughtful about to make sure people really get the most out of this. So you're spot on, you know, we, we we're careful in those areas. Um, whereas other areas is just automatically plugged in in a better experience. Right. What I, what I also uh, love is uh, obviously with what you've done with Beamery, you're sitting on a huge database of uh, folks that do that we've recruited, that we're marketing to, especially so candidates, some of which got jobs, some of which did not get jobs. And then you've got employees that you, you're changing the nature of kind of push pull. So when you, you use that scenario of help me, help me, you know, sign up or help me create this job, which I think is fantastic on the employee side or even candidate side, it's, it can then go and see who would be, who should apply to that. So what I love mm-hmm. about that is it's it's actually you, as a candidate or employee you don't have to think as much like again thinking linearly um, or, or or hierarchically of of moving you can think about different things because actually you know talent GPT is actually looking at your experience and then serve offering up different things that you might not have thought about yeah. so it's changing the nature of job search in a in a way or even mobility That's in a okay. way. I, I think part of this is trying to make it um, about continuous self-development, right? right? How do you make it? Because, you know, we live in a world where the time it takes for most people's skills to be redundant in the role they're doing has shrunk from, you know, 10 years not long ago to every couple of years. And so everyone, no matter what you do, you know, has to think about continuous self-development. But it's hard because right. you don't know where the world is heading when you don't know where your company is heading. And so being able to have, you know, a continuous interactive experience around, Hey, you know, what do I try? How do I develop myself? Is there an opportunity that's interesting? Um, and making those things embedded in you know, the tools that, you use. That sounds um, like fun, right? Like that's not work. <laughs> that actually sounds like fun. Know, I think that's one of the things that, you know, outside of just talent GPT, you know, with, with the AI evolutions that are happening now, I think the element of making something fun and interesting is going to be right. perhaps one of the most impactful things in different spaces. I was uh, talking to someone recently about, you know, take something like politics and elections. Not many people engage in reading candidates' policy documents. Right. But <laughs> if, you, if you created a it's chat, like watching you could paint say, hey, dry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if you made a chat saying, hey, like, talk to this nominee, you might be like, hmm, maybe I'll ask them a question. That and suddenly something that was incredibly tedious becomes right. somewhat interesting. Um, well, and that might even you know, legislation. Create... I mean, you know, taking it to anything that's boring, uh, technical yeah. documentation, things like that, or anything in the healthcare space. It's like, you know, whenever you get a prescription here in the States, it, it comes with this piece of paper that's stapled to the prescription that no one reads. <laughs> <laughs> so it's exactly. like, if you could interface with that and say, hey, uh, got a quick question. Uh, this, and then it answers back and says, "Yeah, okay, you shouldn't do that." Like, uh, I I love it. I two things. But I think One is it, it also yeah, touches on. So go ahead. No, no, no. Finish your thought. I think this also touches on you know what, where the risky areas come in because right. if, there's certain areas where you know something being inaccurate poses less risk but being inaccurate at a prescription or telling you what a presidential candidate thinks is very risky that's right um that's why you know we've taken the approach of creating this, these fine-tuned models and these um ai things that we can audit in the areas where we actually have to be careful because i think right this stuff is very really impressive but it carries a lot of risk if you if you aren't thoughtful about it 
Oh, 100%. That's where the ethical AI and audited AI conversations really get interesting. You know, when you when you start right. thinking about, okay, we need to go about this and we check our algorithms both internally, but also probably occasionally have a third party come in and take a look at what we're doing and make sure that there's no unintended uh, consequences of, of what we're doing. Yep. Could, so couldn't agree more. How does... See, I'm super sarcastic, right? So how, <laughs> dumb question, <laughs> dumb question alert. Um, how, how, does, how does talent GPT or large language models, how is it consuming sarcasm? <laughs> you know, I, um, I think this is one of the areas where it's really impressive how well it seems to, especially GPT-4, the latest model, right. how well it seems to, understand uh jokes and recreate jokes you know this is the kind of domain where talent gpt what we do doesn't really touch that you know we right, don't right. touch because um, we're very fine-tuned to helping recruiting Ooh. candidates employees right, right. The, there's not there are sarcastic there yeah 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 but the large language models that do this i i don't know um you know obviously they've looked at a lot of data points and analyzed um enough language to be able to create these interpretations but i i don't know how well you know the these models actually work in practice versus how much of it is in the eye of the perceiver you know how I well think, do you I think it's what much... I think it's what y'all built is that the more the large language model knows me you know like the more I interact with it the more the it, it knows me it's it's kind of like voice to text and in a way I'm thinking of it is that at one point it knows because I've corrected it so many times it knows what I mean when I say something. So I think again, maybe not, maybe not the large language models, but more, more what of what y'all have built that's specific, and you can see how it's personalized to the company, to the job, to the manager, to the candidate. You know, like all that stuff. It's it's personalized. So I think it gets to know you better and can start to kind of suss out whether or not something was said in a sarcastic tone or whatever. Um, two yeah. two two questions uh, left. One is. You know, you've been building this thing behind the scenes for a long time, and uh, and that's something that Beamery does a wonderful job of innovating. So when you get to show people talent GPT for the first time, what do you love to show them? There's quite a few things. I think for me, <laughs> personally, the thing I'm, I'm most excited about is the ways in which we can give people something completely new as opposed to just making an existing thing slightly better. So for right. example, we have a lot of insights about how, you know, how long a job's likely to take to fill and like, where is the supply of talent if you're going to start recruiting for this job that historically, you know, a manager is rarely going to look at because, you know, systems, most managers don't use HR systems. They leave that to HR and talent teams. Right. Where suddenly we can, we make that insight so accessible and relevant to someone who is, actually hiring people and managing teams and it allows people to really uh, you know change the boundaries of where are you spending your time it means that you spend more of your you know actual human time on people's development and conversations and it means that if you're partnering with your recruiting teams and your hr teams they can focus on the people time too and and that's not just a case of taking something existing like write me an email and 
saving time, right. fun, but it's, it's creating something completely new, which is we no longer default to just opening a job. We're now really using these insights because they're at our fingertips. And to me, that that's pretty exciting because it's creating very new behaviors out of something that, you know, in theory was possible before, but was just very inaccessible and hard to do. And therefore, right. it didn't just take time. People just didn't well, do it. Right. Um, and people are busy and uh, they don't have enough time in the day. And, and this is going to be able to give them some of their time back because it's just an easier interface. Yeah, exactly. And the same thing on the employee side, you know, you, we were talking about, you know, what, what difference does making a small fund make, but it can be the difference between you pursuing learning and not, it's not just right. a case of um, it, it being slightly better. It's a case of, you know, I guess if, if you live right next to a place, you probably visit it. If you live really far away, you might never go, even though um, it's uh, it's possible. And I think there's a similar, you know, level of friction where after a certain point, people just start adopting things they've never done before. Right, right. Last question. Um, at the, you know, we're, we're one quarter in. At the end of the year, what's success for you with Talent GPT? What does it look like? Honestly, our success is our customer's success. Right. We, for us, that looks like really two main things. One is a lot of organizations are going through, you know, pretty chaotic time when it comes to talent over the last couple of years. Right. There's every function has been an industry has been impacted differently, but the common theme is people need to become more agile and be able to react to things faster, but people also need to take care of their people. You know, the idea of, uh, CEO saying people are our greatest asset. People have talked about it for 30, 40 years, but in the last couple of years, you know, companies are really leaning in. And suddenly, if you have the technologies to do this, you really can make people center stage and really invest in development. Um, and for us, it's a really exciting opportunity because it's a marriage of we have this technology that can make a huge difference in people's experiences as candidates, as employees, as recruiters, as managers. And now you have, you know, a lot of organizations where the theme of wanting to lean into this is um, is more pertinent than ever. So for us, it's really the helping our um, customers meet their people outcomes and and drive you know adoption of these better experiences um, more seamlessly. Drops mic, walks off stage. Sultan, thank you so much for carving out time. I know you're super busy, but I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thanks so much. Really enjoyed the conversation. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the Use Case Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.